you uh, probably heard that uh, Carly Hansen had surgery this week for cancer. And as far as we know, all the indications are uh, good with that. This is, the surgery looks as though it was a success. There are still some tests that have to be run on uh, some tissue to make sure that uh, things are as they should be. But as far as we know, uh, God has blessed her and she's going to be okay. Isn't that good news? Yeah. Grateful for that for sure. She, is a, she went home, I think, on... What day was it? Was it just yesterday? No, husband, I think Friday she went home. I'm not sure. I, I saw her and then she was supposed to go to the home the next day, but I can't remember what day I saw her. So I, uh, I think she is doing fine, uh, good spirits, and was blessed through the surgery and, and went well. So we just need to keep praying for her recovery. And then in the first service this morning, Shirley Lidbury was here, uh, already back and uh, up and among us. It's amazing that someone can have open heart surgery, a triple bypass, after having had a heart attack, and you know, a couple of weeks later there in church. It's, uh, it's quite amazing. Um, you know, you want to say things like, wow, is she tough? But it just doesn't seem like we should say that about Shirley. She's such a sweet lady, but she, she's tough. <laughs> so I'm not, so it's, uh, it's a blessing to see the way that God has blessed her too. So all that's wonderful and good, and I'm glad that God has taken care of our church family. I was thinking this week uh, about how this lesson today is in one sense a culmination of the last two years of sermons and lessons. And then as I reflected on that, I thought it's more than just the last two years. It's like the last five years that this is kind of a culmination this morning. And when I mean that, I want to say that it was in May of 2010, almost exactly five years ago. In fact, I think it was May 10th of 2010 when we put this banner up to reach the world for the Lord Jesus Christ one person at a time and kind of refocused our mission as a church. It was at the same time that we began to kind of emphasize our life groups in a way that we hadn't quite related, uh, emphasized them before. And specifically for the purpose of giving our attention to relational discipleship and the fact that discipleship is something crucial and that needs to happen and it happens best when it happens in relationship with people. And so we were emphasizing getting together, knowing one another, building relationships with each other, and in the process of that, seeing each other grow and become more what God wants us to be. And so as we adopted some new things, did some different things five years ago, one of the things that you would have become familiar with is this, what we call our discipleship wheel, where there are those who are dead in their transgressions and sins, Paul would say. They don't know Jesus. And so there is some unbelief present in their lives. And then they have a chance to become born again and come to know him. And we talk about this born again step or stage where a person is baptized into Christ and they know Jesus as Lord and Savior. It'd be nice to think that at the point of baptism, everybody was mature and perfectly equipped for everything that God wanted them to be equipped for, but they're not. And so infants in Christ are oftentimes characterized by ignorance. Ignorance about Scripture, ignorance about how we're supposed to live before Christ. I didn't know the Bible complete. I don't know it now, but I didn't know the Bible complete when I was baptized, that's for sure. And so there was a level of ignorance about me uh, as a young Christian. But I grew. And although I was still characterized by selfishness in a lot of ways... I had become at least a child in the faith and was growing and becoming what God wanted 
me to be at some point. And then I remember as a teenager being a young adult in the faith and being really excited about my faith, not always moving in the, in the perfect direction, not understanding lots of things, but definitely characterized by service in terms of my involvement and interest in, uh, in doing what Christ wanted me to do. I would like to think, although sometimes I have serious doubts about whether or not I am now a parent in the Lord. I think my behavior in him is characterized by intentionality, that's for sure. But it's hard for me to say, I'm mature now. As I think it probably is for you as well. In fact, anybody who says, I'm mature in Christ now, probably isn't quite as mature in Christ as they think they are. But that's the way we sometimes are. So we we want definitely to see everybody grow and become what God wants them to be, but we're not always there yet. Well, we've been focusing on these things, as I said, for the last five years or so, but in the last couple of years, last two years, there have been some themes that we've gone through that have focused us us, uh, in a certain direction, especially as far as growth. Let me ask you, we'll just see how good your memories are, what was it that we as a church focused on from the fall of 2013 through the spring or the beginning of summer in 2014. Do you remember what the theme was that we looked at for about a year or so? The Holy Spirit. It's exactly right. We looked at the gifts of the Spirit. We looked at... What's that? 32 lessons on the Holy Spirit. Now, would you please quote all the scriptures that I used in those? That's really good, Dell. I'm impressed. (laughs) Oh, but he could do it. (laughs) Yeah, Dell's exactly right. We focused for 32 lessons, I suppose, on the Holy Spirit and talked about how God's Spirit wants to work within us and transform us, changing us and making us new. And so here's a passage that we looked at specifically with this in mind. And I want you to turn there, if you would, in your Bibles. I think this is on page 818 in the Pew Bibles, if you need to look. Somebody could set me right there. If, if it's not 18, 818, then you can shout out the true number, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And what I found when we were studying the Holy Spirit was that this was a, a passage, a scripture, that I just kept going back to. It's like God's Spirit was himself drawing me to this passage, and, I, and there were several reasons for that. The passage talks about um, the freedom that is there for us in Christ, talked about how we show ourselves uh, a bit of vulnerability before the Lord with unveiled faces. But there's a part here that I just love more than anything else in this verse. The passage says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory and watch this language are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. And probably when we looked at this over the course of a long time, we talked a lot about how the Lord is the spirit and God's spirit is working within us to change us. And this part about being transformed is absolutely crucial to our lives as Christians. In fact, it talks about how there's an ever-increasing glory. If you have a King James Bible that you're looking at this morning, you'll see that it says, we get transformed from glory to glory. 
And you think, what exactly does that mean? Transform from glory to glory. But the new, the NIV, uh, New International Version says, we're transformed from one level of glory to another or ever increasing glory. And that's the point. That we become constantly different people because God's Spirit is working in us something new and different. God does not want us to stay where we are. He wants us to grow and become different people. And the Holy Spirit is given to us specifically for that point, to change us and transform us so that we might become different people. Well, here's another thing that we did over the last little while. And you'll remember this especially from the fall. In the fall, we looked at the book of Hebrews. And I said a number of times that there was a basic problem that the Hebrews were facing, the people that were receiving this letter. And the basic problem was they were tempted to give up their faith. They were challenged to throw in the towel. In fact, they're challenged to go back to Judaism. And the writer keeps saying, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Stay with Christ. Jesus is the answer for everything. And in the midst of all of that kind of talk, here was one thing that he said that was just so interesting. He says... We have much to say about this, talking about this whole idea of being what God wants us to be. But it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Let us therefore move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. And we asked the question last fall, where do you think you are? Where are you with respect to maturity And continue to move on in your understanding in relation to Christ. You know, we talk sometimes about how beautiful and cute babies are. And they are indeed cute and beautiful. They're cutiful. Don't laugh at me, okay, Orrin? Okay? But if a baby like Orrin... But if a baby stays a baby, they're not so cute. Like we don't ever say, well, sometimes we do say, I wish they could just stay just like this. But what if they did? Like nobody would ever go, this is healthy and good. We would all say that it's time for this baby to grow. There needs to be some changes. And so right away, we start measuring this, okay, immediately. Like within the first couple of weeks, we're checking, has the baby gained any weight? Are they eating properly? Are they getting taller? You know, one of the first things that happens with a baby sometimes is that all, all their hair falls out. But we want it to grow back. And we wait expectantly. And And actually... Stephen, they have the perfect picture there, okay? But we think that it should grow back, and then it does grow back, and everybody's glad because there's progress being made. The baby is progressing and moving forward and growing. And we, of course, are the same way. God expects us to grow and become all that he wants us to be. If we keep drinking nothing but milk, this is a problem. And we we want this baby's teeth to come in someday so that they can start chewing some food. And growing. And we need in the same way to grow 
and become what God wants us to be. Look at this passage, Ephesians chapter 4. Turn there in your Bibles. This is one of the first passages in Scripture that I ever absolutely fell in love with. And I've told this story before about how when I was about 15, literally running because I was a runner, I ran down to the church and took my Bible in and went to the preacher and said, you've got to read Ephesians 4, as if he'd never read it before. Because I loved this passage. So Christ gave himself uh, so christ himself gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of god and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of christ look at the growth language there then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. Does Jesus want us to stay where we are? Does he want us to remain immature? Clearly not. Growth needs to be our orientation. Turn to this passage. Romans chapter 12. Somebody shout out the number of the Pew Bible when you get there. What is it? Thank you. Chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 of Romans. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So offer yourself completely to God. But can we do that when we're infants? No. And he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be changed. Become different. Grow. And the point this morning is this. The kingdom of God is all about our personal transformation. We are to become different. We are to change. We're a church family. We're a community of Christ. We come here every Sunday and we worship together. We take communion together. We pray together. We pray for each other the way we've prayed for Shirley, the way we've been praying for Carly. We share our hurts and our struggles. We learn and increase our understanding. We encourage each other in our faith. Why? Why do we do these things? Is it just because We don't want to go to hell when we die. And the answer is no. Our faith together is not just so that we can receive salvation and spend eternity with God. That's wonderful. But that's not all our faith together is. 
we also share faith together so that we can be different people, so that we can be transformed. So that right now, as I'm talking to you, and you're listening to me, or we're earlier singing together, or sharing the Lord's Supper together, or praying together, all these things are happening so that we can encourage and bless one another and be transformed. We come here so that we can be blessed and changed and become what God wants us to be. We're not just keeping an appointment. But we want something to happen. We want to be different people. You know, this passage that we have on the banner for this time in our church's life together, the time has come, the kingdom of God is at hand. And and I wish, I really blew it. I wish on this banner I would have put the rest of the verse. I left it off and, and it was intentional at the time, but now I look at it and go, mistake. I should have put it on there. The rest of the verse says, repent and receive or believe the good news. And the word repent, that's part of the reason I left it off, is because the word repent sounds almost harsh. I mean, it sounds kind of tough. Repent! And I, I just, at the time, it just wasn't sitting well with me, and I thought, we'll leave this off. But now I think, you know, I, I wish we would have had it on there. And if nothing else, I wish we could have just said, Change. Because that's really what the word means. The time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. Change your life. Grow. Become different. And believe the good news. That's really what it's all about. We are to grow and become different people. Now here's the thing. You know last week when I, uh, I got near the end of my sermon and I said... I told you the story about how I'd gone to lunch with somebody and I really wanted to talk to them on Sunday morning about where they were at as far as Christ. And I said, you know, I I wish they were here this morning so that I could say to them, oh, I want you to come to Jesus. I want you to respond in faith to Christ. I want you to be baptized and be a child of his. I want you to start this new walk with all of us. And he, he wasn't here. I, you know, I couldn't say that to him. He's not here this morning either. And I, so I can't really say it to him right now either. But what I said to you was, is that for the moment, I don't want to just be a preacher. Instead, I just want to be a person. I just want to be a Christian talking to this person who needs to know Jesus and letting them know how badly I want them to know Christ. And this morning is kind of the same way. You know, when we come together on Sunday mornings, and and I can do this as easily as you can, It's easy sometimes for me to come here and just be going to church. It's easy for me to come here and to go through the motions. I can stand up and I can do this without a whole lot of heart if I desire to. But God doesn't want that. What God wants is for us to take seriously the call of the gospel, the good news on our hearts, and for us to change, to repent, and believe the good news. He wants us to grow. He wants us to change. 
And so this morning, in, in kind of with a sense of of being candid and open and just being one of you, I, I just want to say this morning: Are you the baby who isn't growing? Are you the baby that isn't growing? Because the kingdom is clearly all about us growing together in him. And encouraging and blessing one another that we might move forward and become the people that God wants us to be. And if that's not happening, it is as bad for that not to happen in our lives as it is for a physical baby to not grow. And God wants something different for us. I've been thinking about this for the last little while. And and sometimes I'm getting reminded by people about my own need for growth. You know, the fact is I need you brothers and sisters, to help me grow so that my faith and my commitment doesn't get derailed any more than yours does. I need you to check on me and see if I'm growing. I need you to check on me and see if I've lapsed. Have I taken steps backwards? Because God wants me to move forward just like he wants you to. And so I've been thinking about this and and about whether or not I'm growing. And the thing that keeps coming to mind is how much change is still needed in my life. Like I, I reflect on who Kelly is and I just think to myself, man, I am, I am just not as mature as I want to be. And so I'm hoping that my look at scripture and our discussion of the kingdom is going to impact my own heart and life and that I'm going to grow. And I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for me that I might grow. Here's the way this is supposed to work. This week, I had someone specifically talk to me about, they just wanted to make sure that I wasn't getting derailed at all. They wanted to make sure that I was strong. They wanted to make sure that I was faithful. They wanted to make sure that I was being the person that God wants me to be. And they were exactly right. I'm so glad that they talked to me. I was just so, I was grateful for the encouragement and the blessing. And then I had a chance this week to do the same kind of thing with somebody else. Where we had a chance to to share together the fact that we don't always do or be or say what we need to do and be and say. And I said to them, hey, have you checked this out in terms of some things you said? And their response was so perfect. Because they said, you know what? I apologize. And it wasn't to me that they apologized. They apologized to somebody else. But it was perfect. It was perfect because that's exactly what's supposed to happen in all of our lives. We're confronted with the reality of what the kingdom and what truth and godliness is all about. And we grow from it. And it doesn't matter whether you're 19 or 20 or whether you're 70. We just all need to be growing and being what God wants us to be. 
And so I wanted to say to you this week that I hope you're on track. I hope you're growing. Are you growing and being transformed? One of the ways that we decided a few weeks ago to measure this is by putting some leaves up on a wall and then trying this spring to accomplish some things that are written on the back of these leaves. And so many of you that are here this morning came up not long ago and you put one of these leaves up and you wrote on the back and it said, I want to get accomplished this for the kingdom. How are you doing? Is this happening for you? And I want to say, if it's not, then have this at the forefront of your minds. Be thinking about this. Let's do some things for Christ in response to his desire for us to grow. And let's get some of these things done. There aren't quite enough leaves over here yet. Part of that is because we just haven't done like what we're doing this morning, and that is call it to our attention. It could be that after today, there'll be a hundred leaves here. I have no idea. But in a little while, we're going to sing a song. Michael's going to get back up here and the group, and they're going to lead us in another hymn. And while they're singing, if you want to, the basket's right here. The leaves are here. There are pens. There are, there's some tape. And it'd be easy for you to come and write on the back of a leaf a triumph, a victory, a way in which you've grown, something that you've accomplished for the kingdom. And you can put that up here. If you don't want to do it during the song, you can wait. You can do it afterward. Um, When we started at the end of the first service today, there were two. Now there's maybe 10 or 12. And so some people have done this. And I pray that your heart is moved to do the same kind of thing in response to God's desire for you to grow in Him. And if you can't do it yet... The week is young. There are more days left in this week for us to accomplish God's will in our lives and for us to grow. Let's pray. Holy Father, we want to be changed by you. We want your spirit present within us, bringing about transformation. I'm convinced, God, that, that the kingdom is at hand and that in response we're supposed to be changed. And I pray that through your spirit you would change us and make us yours. And I pray especially, Father, for those who may be on our discipleship wheel or in that infant child stage or even those who are spiritually out of touch with you. I pray that you'd bring them in touch with you, God. Help people to be willing to give themselves completely to you and allow you to have your way in their hearts. We pray these things through Jesus. Amen.